Hi, I'm Colin Whiting. And I'm Dave Wagner. And this is My Mother the Podcast. This episode, we're talking about 1964's robot sitcom, My Living Doll, which ran from September 1964 to March of 1965. It's a horrifying sociopathic male fantasy on My Mother the Podcast. Hi, Colin. Hi, Dave. What's going on? Just thinking about sexy robots. I hope not. Oh, yeah. No. I was forced to think about sexy robots. Really, you've gone one step too far already, and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> what uh, what are we up to this week? Well, this is a show. We're clear on that much. Yeah, it's definitely... Oh, boy. Is it? It's a show. It's it's a 1964-1965 show called My Living Doll. Yeah, not, not your living doll. My not our living doll. living doll. Not the, uh, the Space Research Center's living doll. My living doll. My possession. My object that I own. So here we are again. We've dealt with a lot of shows on this program already. Have we ever dealt with one as overtly misogynistic as this one? No. The other ones, you kind of had to look for it. I mean, Ben Elton was pretty close, but... There were actual... Yeah. Ben Elton wasn't saying shit like this, man. He at least put these horrible things largely in the mouths of of female (laughs) characters. (laughs) Well, this this puts a big role in a female actress's hands. Yeah. um, So basically, this is... Julie Newmar. Catwoman. Being a dang robot. She's a robot. So right, you got it, folks. Good night. So yeah, I'm going to do a do the standard ad-lib summary here. <laughs> so, um, I don't know character names. You want to help me? Oh, well, our main characters are, are Bob McDonald. That's a really stupid fake name. Yeah, also, it, Bob McDonald is played by Robert Cummings, so I think they just, they were like, well, he's already called Bob, we'll just, like, we'll just stick with Bob. Yeah, so, uh, Bob Cummings, he, uh, he works at a, a space facility of some kind, is my understanding. It, it is literally called the Space Research Center, which this is a stupid name. This is 1964, we're all about space. Oh, sure, we're trying to beat those Ruskies. We're not doing so well in 64, though. Mm-mm. Don't worry, that whole decade ends up real nice for us. Yeah, the 60s ends as well as you can possibly hope. In the space race, not not in the other stuff. No, everything. It all oh. turned out how it was supposed to. Oh. Yeah, so he works at the space thing. He's a psychiatrist there, I think, right? Yes. Why? Why do we have a psychiatrist at the Space Research Center? Unclear. Very much so, and never becomes clear. And he's just in a hallway with all the real scientists, or not the real scientists, but, you know, the, the, the astrophysicist-type oh. people. Wow. Yeah, my apologies to psychiatrists Shots everywhere. fired. <laughs> Whew. 
Speaking as a guy who says he's a doctor and then has to immediately clarify. <laughs> not that kind of doctor. No, yeah. no, no, I can't. No, I'm not going to take a look at that. Yeah, the struggle is real. I, I, I don't even say it anymore. Yeah, it hurts. So, uh, it's buried at the bottom of my resume, just like, <laughs> like a, like, like a discarded child. <laughs> it's this thing I spent almost a decade on. Don't worry about it. Okay, so psychiatrist in a space lab thing, and yeah, obviously, naturally, some other scientist there made a robot woman. Yeah, yeah, it's Julie Newmar. It sure is, and, and she's got about five different names. Yeah, she her name is actually literally a number here. And uh AF seven zero nine. But they, they decide to call her Rhoda later and I cannot remember why. I don't remember why either, actually. And so uh Bob Cummings discovers her and um after a brief bit where she runs away and there's some unfortunate ramifications there. Yeah. He, <laughs> he catches this woman robot. And convinces him to come, her to come home with him to his apartment. It's funny how you keep using the pronouns her because this show doesn't. No, it, this show is not interested in that one bit. Especially that first episode. She is definitely it. So she she talks like a like a robot. She sounds like a robot. <laughs> yeah, Julie Newmarbot. Does she? And it's like this is stupid. because it's just like already within five minutes of the first episode it's like we got julie newmarbot ready to serve and i'm fucking grossed out yep that's that's the theme of this week's episode yeah got julie newmar robot ready to serve and i'm grossed out yeah and it's this room is just full of vomit (laughs) you can't see the the webcam listeners but oh it's not good I can't see Dave anymore. It's just dripping down. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. So yeah, this is a show like where we're building better women with science, and like we never do we ever learn why he's building the better women other than like for the reasons that we can only assume that he's building these women. Uh, not to my knowledge, because this guy in the first episode that built the robot immediately hightails it to Pakistan. He sure does. Of all places. And the only explanation he gives is something along the lines of like, oh boy, listener, this is this is not me saying it. This is the show. Not he says, Colin. He says something like, it'll be perfect because she'll be perfect in every way with no emotions to get in the way. And of course, you, the viewer are saying get in the way of what sir get in the way of what 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 exactly do emotions get in the way of so this show is the most incel thing ever is that is that a fair (laughs) assessment yeah that's pretty fair i mean bob cummings does sort of go like oh well i i think we should try to give her emotions and that's sort of the through line of the show is he's trying to train her to be a person we've kind of got our second uh harry higgins thing going on here oh for sure i mean that's what it wants to be but really it's like he the basic guy the premise of this show is yes. that he has to have his sister move in with him and um because he thinks essentially that if he's alone with this robot he will fuck the robot uh and he i mean he he literally says that that he needs a chaperone he can he cannot keep himself from this evidently and the sister shows up and she's all making fun of him she's like oh you know when somebody asks her sister to move in then uh, there's a hair curler in the ointment. 
And I'm thinking, first of all, is that an expression? No, that's, first of all, no. Nobody says there's a hair curler in the ointment. Second of all, you appear to be plenty willing to just move in with your brother, and you're clearly older than him, so. And oh, he, he promptly starts calling her by a number as well in the yeah. first episode. And at this point, this is my worst fucking nightmare ever. <laughs> is a woman being referred to as AF709 yes, and, and it. In in a world where like this is perfectly fine, and and again, sort of the the scientist that built the robot is kind of. Did you see where it went? And Bob Cummings goes, "It is in my office," as though like the word "it" doesn't really apply, but he's still using it. Dude, you built an android, yeah, that, that believes itself to be a woman. Yeah, this is what you're dealing with, sir. Uh, and not only did he build it, we are told that she was hand-molded. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, that's a line that they give. Do you want to just stop this? Uh, we've said enough. A little a little bit, you want to just stop? Um, <laughs> this ran 26 episodes, which is sort of amazing, considering that it has, like, one idea throughout the entire thing. And boy, does it, it just repeats that same idea every episode. This show consists of Nothing but um, one person saying a, usually Rhoda the robot, saying um, a very technical thing, and then Bob Cummings making a double entendre off of it. And then every episode's plot is she misunderstands something, and then there's a mix-up, and then in the end it's resolved. And there's a lot of mix-ups because they're trying. he's trying to convince the world that she's human. Right. Yeah, well, why it's is, imperative that she keep her identity hidden for reasons. First of all, why is he trying to, why is he, he, he doing this? Why is he taking this upon himself? Uh, that, I have no idea. I don't think that's really explained. It's, it's not explored sort of like this or thing explained. He, the, the one scientist is like, hey, I've got to go to Pakistan. Can you take care of my, like, sex robot? And he's kind of like, okay, but I'm going to teach it how to feel. Wow, that really puts a kind of a different shade on this, doesn't <laughs> it's it? It's awful. That's what this show is. I, I want to teach it how to feel so it can understand how fucking awful this is. <laughs> Bob Cummings is history's greatest monster. Yeah, and so so the cast is really small in this. I mean, we've really got four characters that we see with any regularity. We've got Bob Cummings as Bob McDonald. Uh, Bob Cummings is in a ton of TV stuff, but I mostly know him from a couple Alfred Hitchcock movies. He's in Dialogue yeah. for Murder and Saboteur. He certainly looks like a person that would be in an Alfred Hitchcock movie. He is just so, like, he looks just, he's the all-American boy who probably bludgeoned someone's head in with a hammer. Yeah, he's one of those guys in the 60s that sort of looks like he's been 40 his whole life. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Uh, and, yeah, obviously, AF709, or Rhoda, is played by Julie Newmar, who is most famous for being Catwoman in the old Batman TV series, but she's also a big Broadway person. Was that a couple years after this, Batman? Yes, that started in 66. Okay. And she she was Bat or Catwoman for the first two seasons, and then Eartha Kitt was Catwoman for the third. And honestly, things were better. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we've really got a couple minor characters that we see <laughs> regularly. There's a little... Uh, is it his neighbor, um, uh, Carl, I think it is? Or no, Carl's the old scientist. I don't even remember what his neighbor's name is. This doesn't seem like an important character. It's not. And then we've got his sister, Irene. The neighbor's only interesting because he's just a horny little bastard. Is this Peter you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's who I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. So, yeah. Does Peter work at the space lab? Are we ever 
confirmed on that? I think maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, He's there. As you can tell, listener, this this doesn't rest on the strongest of foundations. <laughs> Nor does it um, really inspire a lot of attention paying. Nor does it inspire one to look for these details that may very well exist. No. Uh, we should note before we move on that this show was produced by a guy named Jack Chertok. And Jack Chertok is best known for his previous show, which was called My Favorite Martian. Unfortunately, that show ran for two seasons, so it won't appear on My Mother the Podcast, but I did watch about five minutes of one just to see what it was like. It will not surprise you to learn that this was exactly the same. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, and it's, I've seen that show, too, and I cannot remember it. But um, Have you seen a show with dumb, hacky jokes? I'll bet yeah. you have. I feel like when I was a little kid, they used to show this in reruns. Oh, I'm sure they did. Or Nick at Night or, or something like that. One thing that's important to know about these um, these two male characters um, of Peter and Bob Cummings <laughs> is is that they, these are these are some rat like motherfuckers. Oh man, they are they oh, oh. these are the most rat like men I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Did you not see yourself reflected in them? I didn't. <laughs> Did you feel a little insulted that this show thought that that's what men were like? No, because it's not wrong. <laughs> I felt I personally I felt a little insulted that it was kind of cool. This I, is how men I came are. I came from the perspective, all right, we're not we're not dealing with me here. We're dealing <laughs> with everybody else. We're dealing with Bob Cummings himself. And Bob Cummings is a man that dresses like Mr. Rogers and kind of always <laughs> has this creepy, sickly grin on his face. <laughs> he's he's always kind of scheming and it's always this paternalistic kind of he doesn't want any harm to come to rhoda but it's yeah. because it's his living doll it's exactly not really the, like because he's such a good-natured guy no it's because it's his responsibility right and if anyone is gonna be sleeping with this robot it's gonna be him but he's determined that's not gonna happen no that's why he got that chaperone he wasn't right. gonna be able to control himself his sister's around he's he's not touching that <laughs> robot uh yeah and peter's another guy that looks like he's 40 from birth but he might actually look like he's 45 from birth he, he has that weird look where he looks kind of old and young at the same time he looks like he should star in it's about time <laughs> yes he looks like a 45 year old man who's also 20 yeah and and, and everyone in the him. 60s looked like that yes but they, they he's the type of guy they would cast as the younger pilot in it's about time yep that might have been him. To it be might honest. have been him. Oh, what I if it is? I didn't look. I'm not going to look either. Nope. That guy's lost to the sands of time as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, so the producer created uh, My Favorite Martian. And that gave, even though that was only a two season show, that gave him enough credibility that this didn't, e that this My Living Doll didn't even require a formal pilot. They just made this show. The 60s were a different time. They're just handing out money. They were just like, what, sex robot show? Sure, here you go. Can can we insinuate that it's a, that she's a sex robot but never actually have her be a sex robot? Sure. Like, nobody's going to actually sleep with her, right? Oh, God, this it's is It's just gross. everybody's constantly wants to. Just, what are we doing? We're having a sex robot show. It's awful. I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh... Yeah, there's no no pilot. They just threw this thing on this piece of garbage on the screen. <laughs> and this got sort of a mid-season, I, I don't know, you call it extension or something. I mean, they, they, the initial buy was for 13 episodes, and then they, they doubled it. 
you know what? You've earned 26 episodes with this formulaic <laughs> piece of shit. And what's really funny about My Living Doll is Nothing. That Nothing is funny about it. No, you're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> what's interesting... No, no, that word doesn't work either. Can um, we... A you have a thesaurus. about My Living Doll is... Uh, it... Bob Cummings left after, like, episode 21. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. And then he went to Pakistan. Now, we couldn't watch any of those episodes because apparently only 11 are still extant. I mean, they've only found 11, and that's what's been released. Which is for um, the best. Which, you know what? We don't need them. But I, <laughs> apparently Peter kind of takes over as the main character for the oh, last four or five episodes. Oh, sake. Right? They were like, we could introduce a new character, but this guy's working so well. Did you pick this one or did I? Yeah, no, I picked this one. I'm sorry. God damn it. I picked Ben Elton and then I picked this. <laughs> is What is your batting average? I just want you to cry. <laughs> it's I like, got you to vomit, but I want you to cry. We've got like Nafi Perez over here. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that's your obscure 2000s baseball dive. reference here. Remember that guy? Yeah. 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 yeah I he was not a good hitter. <laughs> oh thank you for explaining the joke something that this show also excels at yeah well i watched ben elton so i know that that's a thing you have to do <laughs> um god i already forgotten about that part fuck that show this, this show's a as you can imagine it's a little raunchy but only in the sense that they just make double entendres non-stop yeah I mean, and they're pretty like explicit double entendres sometimes yeah for sure like shockingly so like, for 1964 or 5, I mean, there's one part where uh, uh, she's sitting on some other guy's lap typing up his notes, and uh, fucking Bob comes in, and he's like, what What are you doing sitting on this other guy's lap? And she goes, oh, I saw that the other secretary sits on this person's lap, so I thought I would. Ew. And I was like, that's not good. And then Bob says, don't do that with me. Uh that's a, a, when I got a robot as a secretary, I gave up certain, and he calls it fringe benefits. Oh, god damn it. Like, that's, I mean, that's like, it's not really a double entendre at that point. It's just openly like, well, I used to have pretty ladies sitting on my lap for my work, but. Can we classify this as like a sexual harassment sitcom? Is that like the actual <laughs> genre? Is there a sex robot harassment sitcom? Sex harassment robot sitcom? Sex robot sex harassment sitcom. It's a mouthful, but. This isn't, like, the hardest-to-watch show that we've had, but it's, like, probably the most repellent. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's It definitely wasn't a hard watch because it is so bland in many ways, and it just kind of sits in the background, and you don't really notice it. But the more you pay attention to it, the more you're like, oh, Jesus. This is a show where after you've watched two episodes, there is no reason to keep watching them because you will learn nothing new. Yes, uh, once you've seen one episode, you've seen them all, and there's no subversion, there's no, it's not even really any B or C plots in any of these nope. episodes. If you've got one that's about, like, uh, a pool shark, and it turns out she's really good at pool, that's what every single scene revolves around. And then they did it 25 more times. <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, I do, but my god. If I were thinking about who this show would be for, I would think, like... People who don't think those Catholic school kids did anything wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's like target audience. Um, guys who post multi-paragraph defenses of baby it's cold outside on their friends' Facebook pages. 
Yeah, that's that's and and you know what? I was I was scouring blogs earlier today to see if anyone had written up anything about the show, and I found one where someone was like, "Well, actually, this show's not sexist because blah 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 blah." Ah, no, go fuck yourself. This guy called having secretaries sit in your laps a fringe benefit of his job, and he wasn't being ironic. Got and lastly, guys who think that that Aziz Ansari's story described a perfectly fine interaction between two people. <laughs> I don't get the big deal. They were just on a bad date. Oh my fucking god. Yeah, I don't fucking... I don't know, throw in like a Blurred Lines reference joke here too. That, that'll that work. <laughs> I'm just so very tired. <laughs> that we have to keep dealing with this bullshit, even in 1965. Oh wait, well, I mean that... It's pretty strange that this was on television when the Beatles were afraid to go beyond I want to hold your hand. Right? (laughs) I didn't even think about that. But yes, this is just like some of the outfits that they have her in, especially in this first episode, too, are just like very revealing. She she wears a towel for nine tenths of this entire thing. Yes. I mean, just like a a really clingy wraparound towel. Why would you watch this show, Colin? Um... Shit. Um, <laughs> God, that's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Uh, I, I, I'll it's say, harder than almost any show to come up with reasons for. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's not, a, I'll phrase it this way. It's not a reason to watch it. But one of the better things about this show is that Julie Newmar looks like she's having a lot of fun. Does she? Yeah, she's mugging for the camera and making goofy faces and acting silly and... I don't know. She seems like she's just kind of fucking around and... and... Like, I wouldn't say she's necessarily good in this role, but... No. No. Um, she's all right. I mean, none of the actors are doing... Good? They're not... None of them are doing, like, a particularly poor job with the, like, pile of garbage they're being presented with. No, they're just kind of like Nephi Perez. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's she's just, you know, you, you get lines like like Bob Cummings goes, what a goofy robot. And she just goes, the goofiest. And I was like, well, that's a stupid delivery, but yeah. Just let her have something. Yeah, but like, what? I don't care if she has a stupid bad delivery because what would she care? It's, it's, it's a show where she's the victim and everyone's laughing at her. I think there's a, like, the reason why I say a person might want to watch this is... Fairly abstract. <laughs> I, I will I will take a sip of my drink and let you continue. There's a case to be made that this show is giving unintentionally an unusually fairly accurate view of how men view women. <laughs> this robot is just passed around from place to place with no real ad, um, advocate and no real agency. They almost marry her off at one point. Her best ally is a guy who worries he can't control himself around her and is basically guided by guilt. That's not just her best ally, her only ally. Right. And one thing she has to do is to keep mimicking other people in order to navigate through this world. This is getting incredibly depressing at this point. (laughs) And the one thing she doesn't ever get to have in this show is her own voice. No, because she's always a robot and she's supposed to talk like a... A goofy-ass robot. Bob Cummings is literally guiding her with each step. Like, when they walk, he's, like, moving her in the right direction. It's that overt. Yeah, like, I said paternalistic earlier, and it's very paternalistic. In the first episode, 
they use like the frame of she escaped from the lab and it's unintentionally very telling <laughs> she she escaped which is bad and what happens when she escapes from uh the lab is she's immediately sexually harassed by like 300 dudes yep that's what the show is yeah and like there's one episode where she has vertigo and it does not occur to Robert at any point to actually ask Rhoda what's wrong. No, it's not until she starts speaking in, in Alice in Wonderland quotes that he starts to be like, wait a minute. He's fucking going through diagnostics, you know? He's like, he's trying to, like, figure out through, um, like, observation what's wrong. And he never, never just oh, asks her. No, no, no. And I don't, you're you're skipping over some bits here because the way he's doing diagnostics is by running certain programs, which he does by pushing the moles on yeah, her yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just skip yep. right over that. No, no, no. We are, we are dragging the show back from the 60s and holding it up to the light, Dave. That is how he tests her. Some horrible person person is going to tell me, it was the 60s. What do you want? And it's like, yeah, but now it's 2019, so fuck <laughs> off. But watching the show now is horrifying. I It is not my responsibility to view this show through the lens of another time because I am not in that time. I am in this time, and this is the time when it is affecting things now. So, right, Colin? Albert Einstein would agree. Yeah. Right. I'm getting, yeah. getting a little heated here, Colin. Right. I can tell you're steam. Yeah. Yeah. There's actual steam coming out of this. Out coming of out of my ears. head. Out of my yeah. whole head. Just the ears included, but also the rest of it. Yeah. All of it. Um, so there is an episode with a pool shark, and there's some cool trick pool shots, so that's a cool reason to watch it. I mean, is it? No, I was just trying to ruin your vibe. Okay. Yeah, I Sorry. mean, like, I guess there's worse places to see pool played. <laughs> Are there, though? Well. This is pretty bad. Okay, let's think of some movies where they play pool. Let's do this exercise. Um, What's the one with Paul Newman? We're going to be very bad at this game. <laughs> Isn't that just The Hustler? I think so. So that's I've never actually sure. seen a movie. <laughs> <laughs> what What even are movies? How do they tell a story that's not just a 25-minute sitcom about a, a sex slave robot? Well, here's the thing is that a lot of our shows are not are sadly not 25 minutes. Yeah, my okay, there's another reason to watch this show. It's nice and short. Still too long. Can you imagine 50-minute episodes of this, though? I still found myself looking at the little bar on YouTube. On YouTube. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was dragging that cursor over and going, really? Uh, you sure? Because I feel like this has been going on for a while. Why are they building a woman robot in the space lab? Um, why did, For the same reason they have a psychiatrist. So let's think let's think about why they might need why they might need a psychiatrist. Uh, astronauts come back from space and they're all fucked up with space madness. Okay. Does this man seem like the proper person to have this position? Um, I mean, he's a white man, so... Also, does this seem like it needs to be a full-time position uh, on staff? No, because he doesn't ever actually seem to be doing work. I've never like, seen he never him has with another patient. or anything. He's just hanging out with a sex robot all day. Other like what is he gonna do if she weren't there? Like he's he's just hanging out by himself in his office. 
dude, it's the best thing ever. They were like, we need people to staff our space center and we need a psychiatrist. And he's just sitting and doing nothing all day. Is this what the 60s was like? Well, yes, we know this is what the 60s was like. For white men. Yeah. Does that exhaust our reasons to watch this? It does. Absolutely. What uh, was the reason not to? (sighs) Well, (laughs) these fucking double entendres don't stop. No, and they're all bad. It gets to a point where the other scientist, like the one that created um, Rhoda, in the first episode, he's trying to express the gravity of the situation, and all Bob Cummings can do is just keep responding with these double entendres. (laughs) He can't stop. Our like the uh, important scientist says our whole space program is in trouble, and Bob Cummings responds the way that girl went out of that in that sheet she could be in trouble too. <laughs> yeah, we're let's be clear what we're talking about here, audience that's laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate this. Yeah, there's 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 so many like hacky, stupid double entendre jokes like that. It, it, She's she's overheating and Bob Cummings doesn't know why. I'm here with a hot robot. Get wow, it? that's a little hot, on the nose, isn't it? Hot means two different things, Dave. Did you get it? Maybe you could explain. Did it you fucking did you get it? Yes. Because hot means physically attractive, but also means overly warm. Wait, I guess I didn't get it. So Bob Cummings is hot. Is he? I don't know. I'm not from the sixties. I, what, do you, what do you think of this guy? <laughs> I think he's kind of terrible. He, he's like aging before our eyes, too. <laughs> it's like this is a man who just probably smoked 50 straight cigarettes. <laughs> I, and I, all that smoke is blowing right back on his face. <laughs> what? The, cr- the craggy surface of this man's face. <laughs> It's not even that craggy. It's just like craggier <laughs> than it should be based on the way he looks. I don't know what that means. I mean, his hair is a very jet black. I don't think it's his natural color. Well, so he's he's like self-conscious about his hair color. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, that's a reason don't don't watch the show. The guy's got hair dye all over the place. Yeah. And, and another point, he says, uh, I've seen a lot of piles of electronic equipment but none of them were stacked up like her. Ha 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 ha. Do you get it? Then you know what what, what the desire to die really is. <laughs> if you haven't experienced that, that there it is. Now now you do. Yeah. So so this has been a learning you know experience We've, for us all. I think this is teaching empathy. <laughs> it's teaching something. It's teaching me something, that's for sure. I liked how the uh, the sister, all of her jokes were like non sequiturs. Yeah, and she's kind of a bizarre character, isn't she? She is. Like, here's another female character in the show, and you're like, ah, maybe there'll be some depth or something. No. I was absolutely positive before she showed up that Numar was going to be the only female character on this. I was too. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. But then unpleasantly because the sister doesn't do anything. And when she does do things, she's actively participating in this patriarchal system that is <laughs> oppressing Numar. Yeah, my, my favorite moment is, is Bob Cummings goes, you're drinking milk? And she says, warm milk, the single girl's tranquilizer. What the fuck does that I mean? Don't, I don't know what the fuck that means. 
Warm milk, the single girl's tranquilizer. So, like, let's just look at this. That, yeah, again, he's worried. She's in the show because he's worried you can't manage to not fuck the robot if he's alone with her. Um, right. That's, so that's, he, that's he had, not an exaggeration. He literally says that. He so he has to have his sister move in with him, and it's like, okay, Mike Pence. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, don't have dinner with her either. Mother, this is Rhoda. She is definitely not a robot. Stay away, Mike. Stay away. <laughs> Mike Pence would not control himself around that robot. He certainly doesn't think he can. No, especially when she starts doing her gyrations. Yeah, there's a there's a she has a lot of like uh, mechanical flaws that are that uh like coincidentally cause her to gyrate <laughs> there's like at least three or four what a weird coincidence oh no or she sees someone dancing so she imitates that person and you're like oh it just happened to be a sexy dance was oops it, was it nietzsche who said that like death is the thought of death can be a powerful solace <laughs> <laughs> to get one through many a night I thought that was Bob Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bob Cummings just illustrated it through his behavior. Ah, uh, he was the living embodiment of Nietzsche's first principles. And sometimes we get unusually graphic here. Um, <laughs> Numar says, that simple noise, she's referring to a whistle, causes a, causes a vibration in my computers. And Cummings responds, Causes one in mine, too. Yeah. That's unnecessary. I, I don't need to hear about your erections, Bob Cummings. <laughs> your, like... your name is doing it alone. <laughs> it's actually the opposite of what I need to hear about. Like, yeah, I'd rather hear about anything else. <laughs> That's why Bob Cummings needs his sister around. I why are, what are some other reasons well you've probably got other quotes too and there's a lot of these oh there's plenty of these things um jesus what do we got i mean i i they'll come up i'll put it that way yeah i mean let's not belabor the point but still <laughs> let's move on to the weird racism in this show oh do tell me about that because i actually didn't see it, those episodes ah so uh in in one episode he calls up the guy who ran off to pakistan uh-huh oh i did see this part yeah and he's kind of like, hey, where's the fucking instruction manual for this woman? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, you just have, you got to touch her moles on her back. And that's how you control her. I don't you didn't th- get you didn't get the manual. And he's like, no, I didn't get the manual. He goes, oh, I sent it through the main mail annex at Abul Pindi. And fucking Bob Cummings goes, oh, thanks. It'll be coming by ox cart. <sighs> Those Pakistanis, they're so poor. <laughs> but we've unintentionally stumbled on something important here and that's going back to the theme of this being the most incel show ever (laughs) the fact that he says that there is a manual for this woman is sort of what incels are expressing they're they they're acting like there was all of this cultural knowledge about how they're supposed to interact with people that everyone else learned but they didn't there's a certain code that you can input or a button that you can right. push and then and then it will work. That's that's how they think women behave. And And that's literally how Julie Newmar does. Th- and they're constantly aggrieved that they didn't receive this knowledge whereas presumably other men did. And it's right. like no, you're just a fucking idiot. 
and they didn't realize that they had to call someone in Pakistan who would then send it by ox cart. Yeah, let's let's not just let's not neglect the racism either. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't just end there. There's again this this pool shark episode. They end up going to this is a weird one for me because they end up going to this rich guy's house at the end. Uh-huh. And his name's Mr. Patron. Uh and he's got a, a assistant named Rojas. And they're not calling him senor, and they're not making a bunch of Mexican jokes and all this. He's treated like a, just a very rich Hispanic guy, which is, like, kind of weird because I was expecting them to be, like, I don't know, wearing sombreros and going, ah, ha, ha. Um, But then one of them, I think the, the Peter guy, he just keeps calling him Mr. Patron. Oh. And I'm like, that's not, it's it's Patron. The other characters said it. He, and he's just like, oh, Mr. Patron. He can't be bothered to learn these things. And you would think... Mr. Patron would sound, I don't know, like someone from California where the show is set. Maybe from Mexico if he emigrated. But he sounds a little like he's from the Bronx. Okay, these New York accents have to stop because it's, they are everywhere. The show is filled with New York accents. Everybody, everybody living in Los Angeles had a New York accent in 1965. I think everyone in America had the same accent in 1965. <laughs> It's where they learn all these hacky Catskills jokes, and they just brought them right here for this show. Do you think there was, like, an academy in, in New York that they all sent their kids to? Yes, and then they shipped them on airplanes to L.A. And they're all fucking boomers, so of course their parents could afford to send them to an academy. And they were still doing this for Jennifer Slept here 20 years later. We're still getting a bunch of New Yorkers. New York's an important part of this cultural landscape, Colin. Yeah, it's fine. Um. Oh, well. Oh. Oh uh, yeah, I do have a sexist quote that I didn't want to. Yeah. Didn't yeah, yeah. Pass but over. Don't 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 let us miss that one. It's the definition of a perfect woman in episode one. Oh, I know this one. It's one who does as she's told, reacts the way you want her to react, and keeps her mouth shut. Oh my god! Fuck the, you TV show. Fuck you. The sheer incelness. Jesus Christ! I could believe that. Oh well, and everyone. It's not treated. It's not a room full of people rolling their eyes when he says that. Everyone's kind of like, "Oh yeah, that'd be great." That's a funny joke. Bob, oh boy, Bob it's Cummings, not even a joke. It's just a statement of fact. Fuck. Bob Cummings is like, well, actually, it's about journalism and gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very disappointed in the sister character, by the way, because yeah, she's she's the biggest sort of flop. She's constantly directing Julie Newmar robot towards Peter, the the lecherous, awful person. <laughs> Remember, listeners, the theme of the show is ingrained misogyny. It's it's so gross. It really is, and that's why we keep coming back to it. There are other reasons that this show doesn't work, but that's you keep coming back to that one. Well, it's 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 a hard watch because like. There's a laugh track here, and yeah. there's, like... It's not a super obnoxious laugh track. No, but at the same time, you're watching this alternate universe where this behavior is all perfectly okay. Right. It's it's what they're laughing at. And so you, every time you see this, you are just reminded of, oh, this is not for me. Yep. Like, I'm not laughing. Why are they... You have any other reasons for this? Not uh, to not watch to this? Watch it? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is just even beyond the 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 joke quality and the scripts. The joke quality is low, but the scripts just in general are very lazy. 
Well, yeah, um, it's what it's one idea over and over and over. But even the like the the simplest stuff, they don't come up with reasons for. And I I just have one example, and it's again, it's this Pula Hall episode, and they're they're like, oh, well, we need to uh, get Rhoda to this guy's house, and she says, oh, Irene told me not to go, and they say, well, can't you just forget it? And she says, okay, great, great, cool. I'm glad we had this fucking conversation. Show you just wasted thirty seconds of my life. Yeah, you weren't going to use it, though. I know. You were just going to watch another terrible TV show. I was probably going to watch another episode of this garbage. No, I wasn't going to. If I have more time, I'll watch another one. Nope. (laughs) Some shows I do. Some shows I do not. Uh, it's, It's just, it's a lot of stuff like that where it's just, you have so much time in these episodes because you don't have a B or a C plot. That if you're going to spend 25 minutes on a single thread, find a more creative way of having events transpire than just characters go, oh, okay, I'll just do that. It is remarkable how long 25 minutes it is when you don't have multiple plots going on. Yes. It, it's, it's, you need at least a, a B plot to, to, to bounce things off. And, you know, this is going back to our first episode on Cavemen, but in a really fulfilling sitcom, and Seinfeld is, is obviously the gold standard here, you have two or three plots that are all separate, and at the end, they all come together. They all wind around each other, either thematically or actually in the plot action. And in this show, you don't even have the potential for that, so you're just sitting there waiting for it to end. Well, you forgot the most important element, which is a slap base at the end. It's true. Yeah. And a female character that was a human being. That's true. <sighs> well, I mean, it seems like you're asking a whole lot of the ni- <laughs> of the 1960s. I know. I'm I'm saying, why don't we have a show with three male and one female characters, and they're all people, and that was too much to ask for. It was too much. No, we have one, like, um, part-time actress in the character of the sister. <laughs> and, I mean, let's be honest, she's got another job making ends meet here. Oh, yeah, this she's in maybe 30 seconds per yeah. episode. I mean, she's she's there to, to give a quippy line and then leave. Right. She's I mean, she probably doesn't get health insurance with this job. You know, it's like 15 <laughs> hours a week, Max. Um, Yeah, she's driving to another lot right after this. Oh, for sure. The only other reason I have not to watch this is uh, there's a character in one episode called Fat Sam and everyone's calling him Fat Sam. And you know what? That guy's not that fat. Is that just is that the joke, though? No, it's, he's a big guy, but he's like just kind of tall and broad like a like a football guy. But no, he's Fat Sam. Well, I mean, there's not a lot of fat people in this Mad Men era that we're watching here. Yeah, that's true. You know what else there's not a lot of? Agency? I was going to say more like Asians and also black people and Hispanics and kind of everybody other than white people. Hey, you just said that... There was a Mexican from New York in this program. Yeah, it's true. That, there, were, there were two, in fact. There were two. Due diligence has been done. That's right. That means that the show is diverse. My main question that has been unanswered <laughs> is how many people involved in the production of this show are in jail? <laughs> Man, I got a bad answer for you because I think it's zero. Huh. I, I mean, how, were any of them ever in jail? Probably, but I think most of them are probably dead by now. Them being dead is, like, some constellation. It's kind of like jail, but you never get out. Look, there's no way anyone that was related to anyone in this show is listening to this, is there? And if they are, 
make have have your relatives make better choices. You know what? Go watch an episode and tell me we're wrong. Go back to that time and tell them to make better choices. That's right. Invent a time machine. Step one. I am not asking for any real effort that I wouldn't ask from anyone every <laughs> day. <sighs> That's right. Yeah, this is a this is a drink heavily, folks. Yeah, this one. Ooh, I one. think some of these are some of these clinking glasses are making it onto the mic so that's yep, good they sure are just you know trying to make it through right where they belong that's that's the message of this episode is just trying to get through it it this show sucks how uh i got ideas but how would you make it work um i mean i, I sort of go back to the selfie idea of would this be better with a gender swap? Yes. It would be better. Yes. It would be like 9,000 times better. It would, it, the, I think even for the sixties, the potential for the comedy there would be a lot greater, especially for the sixties because it would be a, a pretty unusual role. Yeah. It'd be a woman telling a man what to do. Ooh. Yeah. And that we, we've got some potential for something there. Maybe more than it's this. still stupid. Yeah. Speaking of stupid, the, I mean, the thing that I would have liked to see and that this show in its best moments gives you a glimpse at and then takes right away from you is is knowing what it's doing and then making that the actual subject of the joke. Have the men be sexist, but then have the women sort of know or point it out or have the men get comeuppance in some way. The men never get comeuppance in this show. No, because it's normalized. This is like... They're expressing the actual prevalent viewpoints of the time. And it's so weird to watch. Like, in the, the beauty contest episode... I skipped going, that one. Oh, boy, I didn't. I was like, well, we're going to see where this takes us. You know, in, in that beauty contest episode, Rhoda enters a beauty contest, and, and Bob Cummings thinks that that's really unfair because, of course, she was built perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're still doing that, people. Yeah, we are. And so still making that joke. Do, yep. <clears throat> What he's going to do is sabotage her so that she can't win. And that way everything will work out fine, I guess. We're getting into then, un- unintentionally apt metaphors again, but continue. But but you know what happens at the end? That. That's it. So there's no twist at all? No. In a good show, there should be a twist so, where actually like she wasn't going to win anyways. Or he didn't actually sabotage her, but she understood or something. But instead, it's just like, nah, it worked. So the narrative then is yes. I made a plan and I did it. Yes. It's thrilling. What are we doing? <laughs> but like, have it be where she doesn't fall for his tricks. I mean, or something. Why is someone I, I just... going to watch? I should, if it's well, literally the not thing that many people said. did yeah. so <laughs> um yeah that's uh brings us to why there was no second season which is a couple reasons yeah one no one watched it yeah it was uh i don't remember the exact numbers but out of 90 some odd shows that year it was in the 70s just to make clear just how terrible the 1960s were this was not a poorly reviewed show no no, no people actually were like oh this show has promise it's pretty innovative. Uh, it also doesn't hurt that this show, I, I believe, ran opposite Bonanza. Oh, boy. 
and then it moved time slots to be opposite the Virginian. So basically, we're putting it up against really popular westerns. Right. That's not. That's not good. During the height of those things. Yeah. And but the funnier reason, yeah, as we've hinted at, is that Bob Cummings decided to leave, and <laughs> and here's why he left. Yeah, this is the good part. He thought that Julie Newmar was getting too much attention. <laughs> I, I don't want my living dog getting too much attention. And my God, her. my God, could there be a better, like, uh, parallel here to fragile masculinity? <laughs> he literally was like, the woman is getting too much attention on you, this show. That's supposed to be about me, the boring psychiatrist, not her, the funny robot. She plays a robot, sir. Yes. The show is called My Living Doll, not My Creepy Psychiatrist. A robot who also has no agency, I'll add, whereas your character does. But that's not so, enough for you. No. I, I don't even know what he wanted her to do. Apparently, she hated the shit out of him because he kept trying to give her acting lessons. Oh. And she was like, listen up. Listen up. I know how this shit works. Well, actually, Julie. <laughs> And she was like a Broadway star by this yeah. point. She doesn't need fucking acting tips from Bob Cummings. Does anyone even know who he is today? No. Do I guarantee you no. Because I was looking up this guy's reel and I was like, the fuck is this? It's because he looks like a rat. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is a rat. He's a creepy psychiatrist, sex pervert. I assume the actor is the character. Yeah, I, that's... I, you know I what? I always he, assume that. He didn't go out of his way to tell posterity that that is not the case. So it is his fault. Look, if I don't know who you are, you're probably a creepy rat sex pervert psychiatrist. That's not like the worst attitude to take with you in this life. <laughs> like you uh, could do a lot worse than just assuming that. Uh, it's better than assuming everyone's like a happy, charming sort. So would you recommend this show? No. Asterisk. If you have the fortitude to make it through an episode, it's a bit of a see it to believe it because mm, episode shit, one, yeah, episode one in particular is is uh, you're just kind of constantly going what? But no, you don't need to. It's just sexist garbage. Yeah, I I also do not in any way recommend this. Um, <laughs> you know, you know what? You don't need to believe it. It's right there. Yeah, the thing is, like, you live in 2019. You've seen enough sexist garbage. You're fine. You can find more entertaining sexist garbage than this. Like, there's 30 different documentaries on your Netflix that will well illustrate how terrible this <laughs> world is. Yeah, so you don't need to, like, watch this thing that tells you how terrible the world Used was to be, also. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, and you know what? There's even stuff out there nowadays that's not sexist garbage. What? You could spend your time on that. Holy shit. And not waste your couple hours like we did. But yeah, I mean, the point is, like, do you think people in the Middle Ages, when they were, like, burying their family members who just died of plague, do you think they thought about how bad, like, plagues in Rome had been? <laughs> it's not likely, is it? No, they probably weren't cracking open books and being no. like, oh, man, that plague was rough. That would be, like, your least favorite relative. Like, <laughs> he's just some kid who's just, like, always reading about this shit from Rome, and he's, like, you're burying relatives, and he's like... Hey, so that, that plague in Rome was pretty bad. Well, under Justinian, uh, even more people died. And you're like, yeah, but people are still dying now and it sucks for us. Yeah, but that one was your brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so don't watch this show. Don't. Please don't, actually. Like, I'm, I am, I'm actually asking you not to watch this show. Just do, do us a favor and don't watch it. And do yourself a favor. That's more important. Like, t- take some self-care. You know what? Go watch some 1960s Batman. That shit's great. It's not that good, is it? No, it's not. No. But, I mean, it's better. Is there something you'd like people to watch? Like, really? What, like, right anything yeah right now? yeah yeah what should they watch instead of this i don't know batman the animated series that one's pretty good um i think they should watch the hulu f- uh fire festival documentary because that was a hoot <laughs> not the netflix one not the netflix one no stay away from that shit oh shit the, the hulu one they actually interviewed the guy yeah right? yeah that's the thing like i actually don't uh, know that the netflix one is bad i just my wife was very certain about this though wow i think netflix is gonna sue us now bring it yeah that's fine i can take it i think also bob cummings this is a state is probably gonna come after us oh no doubt i mean but you know get what? in a line I, I got an 11 episode reel get in line buddy i mean <laughs> we've got we've got the creator of middlemen coming for us uh, <laughs> oh yeah that was my bad we've got uh bed elton for sure yeah fuck that guy <laughs> Here's here's a list of people I'm not afraid of. Number one, Ben fucking Elton. Oh, that's going to be uh, your undoing for sure. Yeah, it probably will be, but fuck that guy anyway. He's got those Black Adder millions. Uh, piece of shit. <laughs> it's such how, an how oddly get... bitter attitude for this small man. I'm, I'm gonna be, it's going to be episode 100 and I'm going to be fucking cursing about Ben Elton. I'm, I'm still a little angry about that show. That was, I, you know what? I apologize for this show. I apologize for that show. Yeah. Um, you need to stop picking shows is really the conclusion we're coming to. Every other to. show, buddy, I'm going to pick. So if you're interested in being the co-host of My Mother, the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can contact Dave on Twitter at My Mother Podcast. You can also email us slash Dave directly at My Mother, the podcast at gmail.com. Subject line, new host. Yeah, please do that so that I could separate all of those emails. <laughs> and, and Facebook, there's a Facebook page. There is a Facebook page. Is there a Facebook page? Yeah, there is. It's called My Mother the Podcast because that's what this show is called. How sexist is the Facebook page? Not very. That's good. I think it's a it's it's a pretty fine page actually. Then then our listeners should go visit it. Yeah. They'd be the they'd be the first to do so. <laughs> they could also go to iTunes if they felt so inclined and uh, rate the show leave us a nice little review what should they leave in the little review box there mm, um what would your choice for a show be when you replace colin as the co-host of this show <laughs> yeah give give dave your recommendations you know I'm... if you want to leave a resume that's perfectly fine too <laughs> yeah the qualifications are not high i can tell you that it's like i mean it's 2019 you want a cover letter in there too let's be honest Oh my god, is this going to be like one of those stupid, like, you need a cover letter, a resume, you have to fill out this online form oh, that the form, the information yes. in your resume? Jesus Christ. Leaving the resume directs you to a form where you have to actually put in all of the information from your resume. But none of the fields quite match? No, you so can't you actually can't. paste. You can't do it. It won't let you nope. do it. It's the worst. So anyways, leave <laughs> one of those for Dave. And then give us five stars. Yeah. I mean, you probably don't want to after you just heard, like, this thing introduced to you on this show. Yeah, sorry that this was kind of an angry episode, but... We've had a few of those. Yeah, but this was just 
There's a lot to be angry about here. I'll, I'll try to pick something that's not total fucking garbage. That's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have friends who tell me they only like the episodes when we hate things. So there you go. Well, boy, did I hate the shit out of this. Yeah. So stop telling me what you want us to do, friends. Yeah. We're not doing Firefly, by the way. Never. Sorry. Ever, ever, ever ever yeah so thanks everybody for <laughs> listening to my mother the podcast take it easy <laughs> <laughs>